Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Well, there you are. Good morning. Welcome to prayer school this morning. We're so glad that you joined us. Go ahead and uh, grab your Bible. You may want to get some notepaper in order to maybe write down some things that the Lord is showing you, maybe referencing other scriptures that maybe come up in your heart. But really, we're digging up, we're digging into the Word of God this morning. We're kind of rolling up our sleeves and we're, we're finding out how to effectively pray the prayer of faith. Let's go ahead and believe God and trust Him for revelation. You know, God gave us the Holy Spirit that He would put place God within us so that He could help us. He's our helper. But you know, in order for a helper to help her, in order for a helper to help, <laughs> I'm going to get my tongue untwisted here in just a second, you've got to solicit that help. And if he's not helping, the problem is not that he doesn't want to, it's because we haven't asked. And so this morning, we want to be able to see through his eyes. We want to be able to see the principles of God, the, the laws of God, in such a way that we can have confidence in those laws that they're working for us, but also how to execute them, how to get them into operation and working for us. So let's trust the Holy One right now. Go ahead and just bow your head and, and, and just put aside all that you're doing right now for a moment. Father, we thank you that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. We thank you, Lord, that we are not only a part of you, but God the Holy Spirit lives in us. You told us in the Word of God there in 1 John that we have an unction, an anointing, an enablement, an empowerment from the Holy Spirit and that we know all things. So we thank you, Lord, that we can access the Holy Spirit in us to bring revelation, wisdom, and truth to our understanding. So we ask right now, Holy Spirit, Give each one of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. We ask that the eyes, the perception of our spirit would be flooded with light and understanding. And this morning, Lord, teach us to pray. Show us from the word of God how we can have confidence how we can put into motion those laws of faith and receive from you every time. Lord, we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is actually the second installment that we began last week, is that we're teaching on illustrations or examples of how to pray the prayer of faith. Now, understand that, that all prayer is based upon the Word of God. So I want you to go to John chapter 15. Let's look at a verse of scripture here. (laughs) 
And you know, sometimes when we begin to get more light from the Word of God, it helps us to align what we believe with the way God believes. And that's so important. That's what the Bible calls the renewing or the, the reprogramming of our mind. You see, our mind has, has been trained by the world, has been trained by our environment. And there are times that we must make an effort to change the way we perceive things, uh, change the way that we in things that we believe. And we allow the Word of God to conform our way of thinking. Now look here in John chapter 15. Now this verse, in, from the King James at least, this verse 7, John, the 15th chapter, the 7th verse. Notice that the very first word in this verse, at least from my King James Version, says, if, if. Well, why is that word in there? You know, sometimes we, we don't even recognize that word. We kind of pass over it. But you know, this word is kind of staring us right in the face this morning. It's saying, if. Well, that word, if, is there to let us know that there are conditions or requirements of us in order for this scripture to work for us and to, and to bring about what he says we can have. So this word, if, is, is letting you and I know that there's going to be conditions to the bottom line, to what this verse is promising and is making available to you and I. He says, if you abide in me. So this is the, this is the first condition of God being able to give us those things that we ask of him. Number one, you must abide in him. Well, there are many different meanings to this word abide, and one of them is, do you live in, that's what the word abide means, do you live in God? Are you a part of God? Are you a believer? Are, have you been born again? Are you a child of God? Have you called upon the name of the Lord, and are you saved? That's abiding in God. Now, that's interesting, because how many of us have, were taught growing up that God hears and answers every prayer? Regardless of who you are in the world, we've been taught that, that prayer is something that God is listening for any kind of prayer, and he's hearing and ready to answer it. Well, if that is true, and, and by the way, it's not, why would he make a condition that we have to abide in him for him to answer our prayer? I mean, we can consider it this way. If I don't abide in him, does that mean he's going to hear and answer my prayer? No, he says one condition for him to hear and, and to bring us that which we're asking for is that we've got to abide in him. Let it be settled in your mind that God is not hearing and answering every prayer of all of humanity. And that's because we're not abiding in him. And then there's a second condition. He says, and my words also live and have taken up residence in your heart. So do you see that? Look here again, verse 7. It says, if, number one, if you abide in me, and this is Jesus speaking, so we have to abide in Jesus, not abiding in some other religion or other way supposedly to God. 
No, it's abiding in Christ, having relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if my words, so he's talking about the words and the promises from his book, not some other book. Have you known that there's all sorts of other books out there that are proclaiming to be words and truths and principles from God? Newsflash, they're not. The only words from God, and remember Jesus is the word, so we can say the words from our Savior, our Lord, the only words that he's given us are in this book. This is the published voice of God. This is the published will of God. And this is really the foundation of all that we believe. Amen. Not this book out here, not that book out here, not that author's opinion out there, not this wonderful person or that wonderful person who may be saying some, you know, seemingly good things, but this is the book that we go to. Amen. So he's saying there's two conditions for the prayer of faith that we're about to pray in order to make it effective, effectual, which will actually release the creativity, the power of God to create that in our life, is that number one, we have to abide in Jesus. Let's just take a moment right now. Lord, I thank you I abide in you. Lord, on that wonderful day, back back. And on May 4th, Lord, I received you in 1977 as my Savior. And I thank you that I now and forever abide in you. Amen. You know, it's good for us to talk about that day that we received the Lord. We need to keep it fresh. We need to keep it in the, in the foremost of our thinking. We need to let it to be the kind of the, the guiding points of our life. And making sure that that reality is still real to us and that we're still walking in the light of it. <clears throat> Number two, he says that my word, you see this? My words would also abide in you. So successful prayer, prayer that God hears and answers are those prayers that were reflecting his word up to him and bringing him into remembrance. Now, when we meet those two conditions, notice Notice what Jesus is about to say. You, you ready to get happy? He says, if we'll abide in him and his words abide in us, it says that you will ask. Amen. What are you going to ask? You're going to ask what you will, what you desire, what you want. With the understanding that what you're asking and what you desire is aligned with that word that already abides in your heart. And you're not asking for something separate from that. Then what happens? Then God goes to work for you. Then God begins to create what you desire that's in line with his, his word and, and his will. It says that it, that which you ask for, it shall be done for you. Did you notice there's no wiggle room in what Jesus just said? He, he, he didn't stick in there, you know, it, you know I'm going to do my best to bring this to the past for you. You know, more times than not, I'm going to get this done for you. No, it, it, he's emphatic about it. He's saying that when you abide in him and his word abides in you, you're going to ask what you will, what you desire, what you want. And he says, it, that what you ask for is going to be done for you. There's no maybes, there's no ifs, there's not a, a yes or a no or maybe later. 
No, he says, it shall be done unto you. That's awesome. And it's repeated many times in scripture. Jesus says, ask and you shall receive. Is that direct? Well, how can he, how can he say that he's going to give you something that, that you haven't asked for yet? Well, it's really easy because of these two conditions. That's why he lists these ifs first before he says, and it shall be done unto you. Amen? And so when, we're fo when we fulfill the ifs, <laughs> his part and what he will do is clear. Isn't that awesome? You know, prayer is not throwing darts, hoping you hit the bullseye every once in a while. No. This is something that's precise. This is something that's exact because it's based on spiritual laws, laws of the kingdom of God in which we now live in, God's kingdom. Amen. Now, the second verse I want you to see is over in Mark chapter 11. Again, we're teaching on prayer. This is prayer school. So we're teaching on the principles of prayer, how to have a prayer life, that, a prayer life that's fruitful, that's <laughs> bearing fruit. Amen. Now this is Jesus, and he's explaining the laws of faith, the principles of faith. And here in the 23rd, excuse me, let's go to the 24th verse. Again, this is in letters in red in my awesome red letter edition Bible that I have. It says here in verse 24, he says, Therefore I say unto you. Now, what can really help us when we read the word is that we, we need to make it personal. See, we're not here trying to compile a bunch of information, although obviously we are, but that's really not our purpose. Really, we want the Lord to speak into our life. We want him to speak to us. We want a communion with him. And in the same way that the disciples were under the sound of his voice in this instance, he's actually talking, talking to them face to face. You and I need to take it that way as well. When we're reading his words that he spoke over 2,000 years ago, we have to see that it's pertinent to me, that he's speaking it to me. So when he says, <clears throat> therefore I say unto you, you need to see him looking at you eyeball to eyeball and you're hearing his voice as you read this and he's speaking it to you. You know, when we make that, that's a very slight adjustment in my estimation. When you just change it from information and God speaking to you directly, giving you personal and intimate instruction, allowing what you can do through what he's saying to you. I mean, it changes everything. I mean, think of it this way. When we, when we quote the scripture, for God so loved the world, that he gave us his only begotten son. And whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. When you hear that, you, you know, it's, it's awesome information. And it does have a value and a meaning to you, but you can enhance that meaning when you say this verse or say that verse this way. 
For God so loved Bruce that he gave to Bruce his only begotten son. And that when Bruce believes in him, Bruce will have everlasting life. You see the difference in that? It, it's, it's, well, it's like the difference between night and day. It's profound. It's him telling me what I can have if I'll believe on Jesus. And it, it, it instills in you that this is something that God has given you as a truth that you can embrace, that you can walk in, and that you can have. And so let's just see, G, let's just see Jesus speaking to us right now. Let's, let's listen to him as he's talking. And he says, Therefore I say unto you, He's saying those things that you desire. And we all have desires, don't we? We all have needs. We all have wants. He says that when you pray, inferring that when you're asking for that desire in prayer, he tells us to do something. Jesus is saying, if you'll believe, once you've prayed and asked for that, if you'll believe, <clears throat> that you receive what I ask, what you've asked of me, it says, and then you will have them. Again, no wiggle room, no ifs, no maybes. No, Jesus said, what you desire. And again, we understand, we, we, we look at scripture to help us to understand what each individual scripture, each scripture is interpreted by other scriptures. So we understand that what things soever I desire is talking about things that I would want and desire as a believer in Jesus. For if you abide in me. And then I'll know, it also will, Jesus is telling us in verse 24 that what things soever you desire is going to be those things that are attuned to or in agreement with the Word of God. And that's why Jesus can be so bold to say that you, if you ask, you're going to receive. Because he knows that you're going to be operating in the fullness of the revelation of the truth of the Word of God. Amen. So let's use these two scriptures and we're going to use them as the guidelines or the, the playing field, as it were, of, of how to have a successful prayer. Now remember, this prayer is talking about you specifically, not Atlantically, but specifically what you desire, what you want. You're the one praying, you're the one believing, and you're the one receiving. You can't use this prayer for Aunt Susie unless Aunt Susie is involved in the prayer with you through agreement. Does that make sense? And that's why Jesus can be so adamant by saying, you'll ask and you will receive. Because your will, by having his word, is now aligned with his will. And that is permission for God to give it to you. Amen. All right, so last time we were together, we talked about an example of praying for wisdom. And so this morning... 
looks like we'll just take uh, the time here to talk about receiving healing for our body. Now, let me just say this, is that you've got to determine, and this is true with every time that you pray the prayer of faith, you've got to determine that this which you desire, and I'm desiring healing in my body, I'm desiring for whatever symptoms I might have or whatever doctor report I have, I'm asking that that would be reversed and that that sickness would be pushed out of my body and that I would receive health and healing in my body. Now, the very first thing that you've got to settle on every time you and I pray the prayer of faith is, is this the will of God for me? We know that the Word of God always reveals the the will of God. That's why he says that not only do we have to abide in him, but his words have to abide in us. That means the knowledge of his will is abiding in us. Too many people ask the Lord for healing of their physical body, but they're not at that point where they're fully convinced that it's the will of God for them to have it. And that's because while you and I were in the world and being influenced by the world, and even by religious ideas in the world, that healing has always been a uh, maybe yes, maybe no kind of a subject matter. And so it's kind of made us believing what God has said about healing kind of uh, iffy. I guess would be one way to say it. We're not really fully convinced that he wants us to have it because we've heard so much rhetoric that opposes that. Even today in Christendom, I don't believe a majority of people who are believers and on their way to heaven have a relationship with the Lord, have a, have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. I, I really doubt there's a majority of believers in Christendom today that believe emphatically that it's the will of God for them to be healed. They believe emphatically it's the will of God for them to be saved because that's primarily all they've heard all their life. But there's always been a lot of doubt being sowed in our life through our relationship with the world and with other Christians that, 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 that allow this doubt to be in the back of our mind. Well, really, that's where we need to begin in this. I think sometimes we're just too quick to pray. We have a need, getting that need met is so important to us. It, it, we want to see it done as quickly as possible. You know, yesterday, if, if you could do that, Lord. But we need to make sure that we're fully convinced that it's the, the Lord's will for us to be healed. And so that's where it begins. That's where it should begin. So as I give you this example in prayer and asking for healing, is to be understood that I'm praying this prayer, that I'm fully convinced is already settled in my heart. I am as saved as I am healed. That that which God has given me through Jesus to bring about salvation for my life, I believe in that as much as I believe that he has already put the healing of my body on the cross with Jesus Christ that, that not only provides my salvation, that also provides my healing. It's got to be a settled fact. Amen. Because I abide in him and his word abides in me. 
And that may take a process of time to get fully convinced. Remember over there in Romans chapter 4, it talks about Abraham. And it says that he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. And that's where we need to arrive at before we pray. Does that make sense? And I know we don't like, you know, waiting to pray for a need. I know we want it done right now. As I said, I, I want it done yesterday. But you know, if we miss this first step, that explains why these prayers seemingly see that they're unanswered. And we're wondering why God would do that to us. But really, what just happened of us not receiving what he, what he gave us through Jesus had nothing to do with him. It had to do with us and us not being fully persuaded that the healing that God has provided us, he's able to bring it to pass in our life. Amen? So understand that that's kind of a, a caveat uh, this morning as we're describing this prayer asking for healing. Amen? It's with the understanding that we're fully persuaded, that we are confident that this is something that God has already made a decision that he wants us to have it. He paid the price for us to have it. And all we have to do is receive it. We're not praying to convince him to heal us. We're praying to receive the healing he's already given us. So you got that? So number one, we need to go and find some scripture. That's always going to be number one. Amen. Well, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 8. You're over there in Mark. Just go to your left one book. Go to the 8th chapter of Matthew. Go down to the 16th verse. And uh, we're determining through the word of God, the will of God for me to be healed. This is always going to be the go-to place to determine the will of God. Amen. So here in Matthew 8, 16, it says that when the evening was come, or when it got, began to get dark, coming into the nighttime, it says that they, and these were just people that were following the ministry of Jesus. This was you and I, so to speak. It says that they brought unto him, him being Jesus, many that were possessed with devils. Notice that he cast out the spirits with his word. Either it was a word of authority spoken to those demons, or he spoke the word of God. Amen. And those demons were cast out. Notice that it makes the reference that Jesus healed all. Now that's, that's significant. In, in this place and at this time and in this moment, he was displaying the will of God for everyone. Jesus is the will of God in action. Amen. If you ever want to know anything about the Father God, look at Jesus. Because everything that Jesus did was in obedience to the Father. So you see here that he healed all that were sick. Now, why would he do that? Why would he heal everybody? Because it was a fulfillment of prophecy. 
You see, there were over 300 prophecies concerning Jesus Christ before he was even born. I think some have said 333 prophecies about Jesus. Well, every one of those prophecies had to be fulfilled. Uh, for example, you know, where he would be born, how he would be born, how he would minister, how he would die, how he would conquer death. All those prophecies about Jesus had to be fulfilled. And so prophecy was spoken by Isaiah in the 53, uh, 53rd chapter, there in, I think it's the fourth verse, is a prophecy about the Messiah or Jesus who was to come that he would bear away our sicknesses and our pains. And this is now fulfillment of that. That he might fulfill that which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. Oh, hallelujah. You see, Jesus didn't just bear away our sin or should I say our sin condition, but he also bared away the fruit of that sin condition that you and I were born into. Sickness is the fruit of sin. It's the child of sin. And so when Jesus uprooted and defeated sin itself, that separation from God, when he solved that problem, he also automatically solved all the effect or fruit or offspring of that sin condition. Do you get that? You see, Jesus not only defeated our separation from God, but he also defeated all the fruit of that separation from God. See, the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from all of the curse, the laws of sin and death. So understand that Jesus, once and for all, not only bared away our sin condition, our separation from God, but he also took care of all of the offspring, the fruit, the effects of that sin. So it says that he took, now again, make it personal. What did Jesus take? He took my infirmities, my sicknesses, and he bared away my sicknesses. Amen. Now, you always hear those say, well, you know, Jesus is talking about, you know, uh, being healed spiritually. Your, your spiritual sickness, <laughs> your spiritual infirmities. But what did, what, what's the contents of this verse? Verse 16 says that he went around and healed all that were sick, sick in their body. And then he's saying this is a fulfillment of what's said about what Jesus would bring to us. Amen. He took our physical infirmities. He bared away our physical sicknesses. Going over to 1 Peter 2.24. Glory to God. 
out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let, let the will of God be established. Look here, 1 Peter 2.24. It says that who his own self, this is talking about Jesus, he bared our sins in his own body. He became sin. He bared it for us. He took our shame. He took our place there on the cross. And God laid all that sin, nature, and all of its fruit and all of his offspring on Jesus that, that fateful day. So he bared our sins, that sin condition in his own body, that we, being dead or separated from God because of that sin condition, he did that so that we could live with God unto a right standing or a righteousness. Now this is talking about Jesus bearing away that sin nature that we all were born into in this, in this earth. He did that so he could take our sin nature away so that he could give us his nature, which is righteousness. Obviously, the cross is a place of exchange. And at the same time he did that, by his stripes, you were healed. Remember, Jesus didn't just come and pay the price for the cause. Separation from God. But he also took, at the same time, its offspring, of which one is sickness. He bared it. By whose stripes I make it personal. I was healed. So how do we pray the prayer of faith and receive what Jesus has done? Well, quite simply, we just go before the Lord. We begin to tell him the good news of what he's provided for us. You see, again, and I'm going to say this a lot, because it, it, it's important. Prayer isn't a place for you to tell God how bad things are. What happens is, is when we begin to tell him, oh, I'm in so much pain, this is so horrible, you have no idea what this is like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. What you're doing is, is you're magnifying your sickness. We don't mean to, but we're so caught up in it, we're, we're, we're talking about it to the degree where we're relating to it. We're buddying up to it. And this complaining and this whining before God does not move him. He was already moved by what you needed 2,000 years ago. That's why he placed your sickness on Jesus. Amen? So you can go ahead and tell him what the doctor said. You can go ahead and say, you know, what the world is, says that's in your body. But you, you don't spend a lot of time there. Don't let that be the focus of your prayer. Don't, don't allow that to be the platform of what your faith is focused upon. So... You can, you can go to him and say, Lord, I, 
I have these symptoms in my body. And I know they didn't come from you. I want to thank you that you said in your word that Jesus himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. Lord, I thank you that on that wonderful day that Jesus became a curse for me. And by the stripes that he received, I was healed. Lord, I know, according to your word, it's your will for me to be free from these symptoms. In fact, I resist these symptoms right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I ask, I'm asking you for healing right now according to the word of God. And you said that those things that I desire when I pray, I'm to believe I receive them and I have them. So I have asked you for healing. I believe it's now mine. I believe I receive it. I want to thank you that these symptoms are drying up. I want to thank you that I am the healed of the Lord and I give you praise and thanks for it in Jesus' name. Now, do you see what the emphasis of our, our prayer is? The prayer of faith is you and I lifting up what God has given us through Jesus Christ. We're lifting up the word to him. We're bringing him in remembrance of what he said and therefore that which he did. And we're believing that it's ours and therefore we know we can have it, so we ask for it in Jesus' name. And it's the believing that we receive it that allows that which God has given us to make a transfer from this unseen realm and birth into the physical realm. Faith gives substance to those things that we hope for. Amen? It causes it to come into manifestation. And that's why sometimes there, there could be what some would call a time delay from the point of time that you ask and believe you receive it until you actually have it in the physical realm. It's yours in this unseen spiritual realm the minute you take it by asking for it. But it's got to be birthed in this physical realm. Amen? We could, we could pray the prayer of faith this way. Maybe you've got a doctor's report. Maybe the doctor said that this, you know, that there's no cure for this condition. You know, don't ever be surprised that man gets stumped, that man doesn't have the answer, that man doesn't have a cure for a sickness. That shouldn't take us off guard, off guard because we are limited as human beings. But that doesn't mean that there isn't something that we can do. Even though man says there isn't a way to be healed, we just have to keep it in the context. They don't know how. But our God does. Amen? And whatever that condition is, whatever the doctors have called it, whatever they call that sickness, whatever that may be, you need to understand that God put that sickness, that condition on Jesus on the cross. He became sick with that sickness. And Jesus bared it away in your behalf. There is nothing that's impossible. 
God, there's nothing impossible to God. But then he also said that if thou canst believe, all things are also not impossible to you. You see, when we believe like God believes, it's his believing that makes nothing impossible. Amen? So we have to believe like him, and when we do, then there's nothing impossible to us because we're believing in him and giving his place. We're giving him place in our life to do the miraculous. Amen? So, Father, the doctors have given me a report. You know what it is. And they say it's incurable. But, Lord, there's nothing that's impossible to you. I want to thank you that you are the miracle worker. And you have told me that if I will believe that nothing then would be impossible to me because I'm believing in you. So I want to thank you that this diagnosis that I have, whatever this condition is and all its causes and, and all this involved in it, I want to thank you that you put this disease and what the doctors are calling is, is impossible to heal, you've already put it on Jesus. Because, Lord, you said that by his stripes I was healed. Every time that whip struck Jesus' back, I thank you that you put all sickness on him. And so my sickness, this sickness that the doctors say I have, is already been placed on Jesus. So I don't receive it as mine. I resist it in Jesus' name. And I ask you to uproot it in my body and to heal me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet that you'd impact every cell of my body with health, healing, strength, vitality, and long life. And you said, Jesus, that when I pray, I need to believe that I receive what I've asked for. I got it now because I asked for it. <coughs> so in Jesus' name, <coughs> I believe that I'm whole. I believe that what the doctors have said is uprooted. I thank you, Lord God, it's drying up. I thank you that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, and I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you don't have to pray exactly like that. And don't think that you got to pray a long time to get results. Sometimes I think shorter prayers are more powerful than a long prayer. I think sometimes we pray long prayers because we're trying to earn our, our answer to that prayer by how well we prayed. Isn't that ridiculous? You can make the prayer of faith as simple as, Lord, you said that by whose stripes I was healed. Therefore, I don't have to have this sickness. I ask you for healing now. I receive it in Jesus' name. Bam, is now yours. Why? Because you believed what he said. You were fully confident that it was his will for you to be healed. You asked him for it, and now you know you got it, according to the word of God. That's how simple it is. Amen? 
So thanks for being here this morning. You guys are awesome, tremendous, and wonderful, and glorious, and kind. Thank you. And, and I want you to know that you're special to the Lord. Stop looking at those things that you think that God is so, you know, focusing on. Maybe some of your shortcomings or things that you did or whatever it might be. He's not looking at those things. He's looking at who you are now because of Jesus Christ. He's seeing that you're righteous. He's seeing that you're worthy. He's seeing you as his offspring, as his child. And every moment of our day, he's looking for ways to give you what he's provided for you through Jesus. He's waiting for us to give him place. For if we abide in him, and his words abide in us. We shall ask what we will, and it shall be done unto you. God bless.